Bitcoin is freedom, America's freedom. The American Revolution began because we were breaking away from tyrannical rule. We wanted freedom from the monarchy in Britain. You fast forward to 2023 and there's a new form of tyranny and there's the Bitcoin revolution. Bitcoin's helping us break away from the tyrannical rule of central bankers. Um, we now have choice to opt out of their system. It's growing in numbers to the point where they can't control that we are opting out of their system. Uh, it's a new kind of revolution. Uh, it's not only about money, it's about being able to take back control and uh, ensure your financial freedom and generational wealth. For the 4th of July, Blockware is celebrating freedom by giving away a free Bitcoin mining rig. Sign up for the Blockware Marketplace before July 4th to enter for a chance to win a free S19 Pro. This machine is online right now at Blockware's site in Eastern Kentucky, and it is ready to have the hash power directed to you in minutes. Now this model is currently trading for roughly $1,600 on the Blockware Marketplace. Should you win the giveaway? You can list your machine for sale at any price you choose, or you can let it hash and receive Bitcoin mining rewards every single day. This is a limited time giveaway, so sign up now and complete the onboarding process at marketplace.blockwaresolutions.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Blockware Intelligence Podcast. This week I have on James Caruso. James, welcome. Hey Joe, thanks for having me. Uh, glad to sit here today with you and talk about some Bitcoin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And for those that don't know, James is from Stampseed, so they are sponsors of the podcast. So definitely go check out Stampseed after this or during while you're listening to this. But uh, thanks, James, for for the sponsorship. Um, but let's jump right into it. What's your background, and you know how did you get into Bitcoin? Yeah, absolutely. So um, background uh, initially, I was a digital marketer. I still kind of am, um, doing a lot of work optimizing websites, running digital ads, planning campaigns, email marketing, social influencer really all things e-com. Um, um, one of my area of expertises was pay-per-click advertising, which uh, when people are searching through Google, Microsoft, or um, wherever they may be, um, we are running digital ads targeting those specific search terms. Um, and that's kind of like, like I said before, my area of expertise. Um, it, it actually led to the birth of Stampseed. Um, and there's gonna be a little bit more on that later, of course, but ultimately when people are searching online, we're able to generate search term reports and see exactly what people are looking for. And through some broad match targeting campaigns, uh, we were able to see that people were looking for seed phrase storage with some of the tools from one of the brands I was uh, running campaigns for. Uh, but like I said before, a little bit more on that later. Um, Stampseed enabled me to transition into more of a business development side. Uh, and over the past three years, I've been helping grow Stampseed by attending Bitcoin conferences around the world, whether it's Bitcoin Magazine Miami or BTC Prague that we just did recently, uh, forging strategic partnerships, and ultimately just working to spread self-custody awareness and the importance of proper seed phrase management. Um, still doing some digital marketing for Stampseed as well along the way. Nice. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a critical critical component of Bitcoin, being able to take self-custody and like doing it in the right way where you're not going to mess it up. And I think Stampseed has a pretty good product right there. Um, I know we're recording this end of June, we're going to publish this like around 4th of July, maybe on 4th of July. So I think it's it's kind of worth going over like, you know, high level American revolution and kind of like the Bitcoin revolution, because I, I think there are like some parallels there. Like, can you highlight, you know, very high level, you know, how the two might be related? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a good topic. We're gearing up for Fourth of July here in the U.S. Um, and there are certainly some parallels between American Revolution and the Bitcoin Revolution. And you know, top level, um, Bitcoin is freedom. America's freedom. Uh, the American Revolution began because we were breaking away from tyrannical rule. We wanted freedom from the monarchy in Britain. Uh, we were up against a pretty big power. Um, wanted to get out from under the thumb of those tyrants. So you fast forward to 2023, and there's a new form of tyranny, and there's the Bitcoin revolution. Um, and it's Bitcoin's helping us break away from the tyrannical rule of central bankers. Um, we now have choice to opt out of their system. And, you know, that really started as a small spark um, years ago. And it's growing in numbers to the point where they can't control that we are opting out of their system. Uh, it's a new kind of revolution. Uh, it's not only about money, it's about being able to take back control and uh, ensure your financial freedom and generational wealth. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't realize, like, I think a lot of people see Bitcoin and they're like, oh, Bitcoin is number go up technology. Or it's like this very volatile asset and not everyone takes it to the next level and they're like, wait, Bitcoin is freedom money. Like it, it's censorship resistant money. Like you can hold Bitcoin yourself. You know that there's no dilution risk from any government or central bank and you can spend it. Like no one can prevent you from spending your Bitcoin to any address yeah. in the world, no matter who controls that address. So it's like, this is like really freedom technology. Absolutely. And you know, another parallel American revolution began because of corrupt uncalled for taxation, um, you know, stemmed from British imposed tax legislation for protecting the US during the French Indian War. It was, they spent all this money on a war. And once the war was over, they were out of money and said, hey, you have to pay us for protecting you during the war that we spent money on. And it kind of snowballed from there to you know, the Stamp Tax Act, ultimately to the Boston Tea Party, um, where, you know, Americans at the time were being told how to spend their money. They had complete control, you know, someone had control over uh, what they were doing. So that caused them to revolt, of course. Um, and like you said before, the ability to own your own money um, is huge. You know, Bitcoin enables you to do that. It eliminates uh, the third party from shutting down um, how you send, receive transactions, how you spend your money, um, you know, ultimately controlling your life. Yeah, 100%. And I think I've, I saw this like a while back that like the, the TE tax and uh, like the stamp tax back during the American Revolution were like honestly pretty small taxes. And like that was enough to like get people riled up and like completely overthrow like, you know, the government at the time, which is pretty, pretty crazy out there. Now we have, you know, income tax massive. We have like property tax massive. We have so many more taxes than they had way back then and, and they were a lot more upset about it then. Then again, I guess they didn't have any representation whatsoever back in England, but still it's like we are taxed far more from my understanding than they were, you know, 300 something years ago. Yeah, but it's, it's I guess it's really all relative to the times. Um, and when you are being taxed from somebody all the way across the Atlantic Ocean that you're never seeing, you know, there's no FaceTime, there's no, you know, news isn't moving too quickly. And it's, you know, for you, it's just, um, you feel like somebody's trying to control your life when they're not even really present. Um, and you know, the, the, the T tax was the final tax that there was, I believe they like stripped away every tax that they put in place, but the T tax was kind of left there as, you know, an extra jab at the end that uh, ultimately caused everyone to revolt. You have, um, you know, British troops sent to Boston, um, on what 
you know, the, the American citizen should have been paying the taxes on that, um, you know, to, for those people to come and kind of invade during that scenario. So it's all kind of ironic. And you can understand why they would revolt in that scenario. Like I said before, it's all relative to the times. Yeah, definitely. Um, we noted down three, like, key principles of the American Revolution that, you know, I found. Um, one, and I think we, these are relevant to Bitcoin. Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts on like how each of them might be relevant to Bitcoin. But the first one is is natural rights, right? So like natural rights are rights given by God or by nature. They come from a law passed by the. They they come not from a law passed by the government, but rather are inherent in all individual human beings from birth. So how does that you know that's like a core tenet of the American Revolution? How does that apply to maybe Bitcoin? Well, I, I think it. The most top level, it applies that Satoshi created Bitcoin for everyone to use. Everybody is free to purchase Bitcoin, uh, to send and receive transactions, free to um, have self-custody of their Bitcoin, um, have complete control over it without a third party shutting down certain times of the day, certain days of the year, or just completely censoring and limiting what they're able to do. So um, it, it's really just, uh, it, it's hard to, I guess in the past, uh, the natural rights that, um, would have been through gold or other objects uh, like the race zones that were sold, like you were able to just hold on to those and maintain your wealth. Um, and then over time, we've kind of evolved out of that. And luckily enough, evolved to the point where the technology enables us to bring something like that back through Bitcoin. Um, and it, it, it's almost like a natural thing that's out there, you know, as long as everybody's running their node, everybody's contributing to the network, that that's out there for you to utilize and it's not going to change. Um, it could become part of your life becomes part of your culture, uh, become part of your family's life. If you're educating everyone around you, um, we're all changing. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, a critical part of Bitcoin is that anyone can use Bitcoin. Like no one's restricted. It's an opt-in system. You don't have to use Bitcoin, but you probably should because it's the world's best savings technology and it's freedom money. And, and you know, when you have the ability to be free, might as well, uh, take it. Um, Second key principle I, I, we, we saw from the American Revolution is, is rule of law. So the rule of law is the basic idea that we have a neutral government, you know, of laws where there's not one, you know, arbitrary government or one person or one group of people that, you know, is above the law. How does that maybe apply to, to, to Bitcoin? Yeah, um, you Bitcoin, there's 21 million coins and that, that number's not changing. Um, there will only be 21 million Bitcoins ever mined. Uh, it's in the white paper. It's just part of the blockchain. It's it's irrefutable. So there there can't be anybody, the third party that comes in and tries to change the way the blockchain functions and the way the Bitcoin network operates. Um, you're not going to have a third party come in there and try to muddy the waters. Um, they're not going to be successful if they try. And it it um, it, it becomes, you know, just part of like I said before, a natural right that you, that you have that's part of um, something that is available for you to use, that Bitcoin's there for you to operate, for you to work with, and no one's going to come in and shut it down and take it away as long as people are running their nodes. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think a critical part of Bitcoin, in my opinion, is is obviously 21 million, right? And it's like, how can that be the case? Like, can people change that? You know, how easy would it be to change that? And it's like, Bitcoin, in my my view, is the least uncertain money, meaning like it's the most likely to never have that characteristic change. And and that's kind of like the rules and the law of the system. It's like, you know, changing the rules of chess or changing the rules of Bitcoin. Like other cryptos do exist out there, but they're 
significantly more easy to change than Bitcoin, especially like core components like the monetary policy. And so like Bitcoin is very different from everything else because it's the most immutable and those rules are are set in stone and, and really can't be changed or be super, super difficult to change the critical rule of only 21 million Bitcoin. And then, and then like we talked about, like no one has an advantage, right? So like the only way to get new Bitcoin is to actually like, you know, buy a good or service from somebody else or to put in proof of work and mine it. So like no one got a handout of free Bitcoin and no one can get a handout of free Bitcoin. And it makes it to where like, okay, if this is the game that we're playing, this is the best money game. Like I need to play this game because no one has an advantage. And if no one has an advantage, then this is the game that everyone's going to play. Because if all the other games are rigged, then why, why would anyone play those rigged games? Yeah, no, exactly. And it's just distasteful to know that these other, um, games are rigged. It's nice to know that Bitcoin is played out. You know, there's no, there's no hidden, you know, secrets out there. Um, nothing's going to come and really surprise you. And if people do try to change, uh, the code, you know, they're probably going to be unsuccessful. There's been other attempts to, you know, fork from Bitcoin or make totally different types of coins related to it. And, you know, it just doesn't seem to work out. Um, Bitcoin remains king. It has been, it, it's been through its bear markets and people just see the true store of value that it is. Um, and really seeing that a lot over the past two years as um, these other altcoins are becoming less of a desire for people to invest in. People are going straight to Bitcoin now. Uh, of course, is that institutional interest that, um, you know, is on, is on the horizon. It, they're trying to get in. Um, they're very close to knocking on the door. I'm pretty sure they'll get approved soon. I know today BlackRock uh, took a little bit of a setback, but I'm sure that they'll probably um, keep their nice record streak going. Was it 573 to one for uh, ETF approval or, or something to that effect? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Um, the third final like principle of the American Revolution is popular sovereignty, right? Like the idea that sovereign power is not held by, you know, a king or, or, a small group of people, but it's held by the American people. How does how does that maybe relate to, to Bitcoin? Yeah, um, I would say it, it relates is then in that people can contribute into the Bitcoin network and control and influence the network, validate transactions by running their own node. Um, you know, knowing that you are actively contributing to to this and there's no third party involved, you know, going to come and kind of take that away from you. Um, you know, it's a good feeling, of course. Um, you could also hold your own keys, of course, completely be control of your funds. Um, literally, with 12 to 24 seed words, you could travel across the border and have everything with you. Um, you could send and receive your funds whenever you want. Um, you know, in, in every facet of your life, you want to be a sovereign individual. And the toughest one has been your financial sovereignty, just because there's so many hands in the pot trying to get their cut or um, control it in whatever way possible. You know, depending on what country you live in, there's a lot of control over how people can send their spend their money, what they can do. Um, and, you know, there's a fear that that's going to happen here in the States, uh, and rightfully so. So um, having, of course, money isn't everything, but you need money to do a lot of things. So to be able to have complete control over that with whatever might be looming uh, within the next few years, um, you just want to make sure you're protecting your funds, which is going to protect your family, your livelihood, and um, the ability to hold your own private keys without a third party involved. Um, no custodian, you know, you're able to sleep well at night. Uh, but of course, that comes with a big responsibility. Um, but when you're dealing with irresponsible custodians, um, 
it's better to take that responsibility in your own hands, maybe. And if all it takes is uh, recording 12 to 24 words, memorizing them, writing them on paper, stamping them into metal, which we'll get into a little later, um, you know, that's that's really all it takes. And making sure you're um, configuring your wallet setup, whether it's multi-sig or whether it's single-sig, uh, in a way where um, it's able to be retained. Uh, should anything happen to you, it's able to be found by a beneficiary. And you're able to also remember each word, where it is. Um, it's pretty powerful stuff, um, knowing that you could have millions of dollars in 12 to 24 words and no one can do anything about it. Um, you're in complete control. You're in the driver's seat all the way. So take it away from the irresponsible institutions, custodians, and take it for yourself. Um, some people might feel more comfortable with a custodian, but for those people, it's definitely good to have a little bit of stash for yourself in self-custody. There's a place for it for everybody. Yeah, I mean, oh, I feel like over the past week and even throughout 2022, we, we learned that the qualified custodians are relatively unqualified. <laughs> um, yeah. So you can become your own qualified custodian. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, on the idea of like Bitcoin empowering people, um, I, I think it's it's super, super important, right? Because like running a Bitcoin node, holding your own keys is something that, you know, not everyone first initially understands or sees the importance of when they like learn about Bitcoin and they see the number go up technology. But those are like two critical components, right? Like running your own node allows you to actually set the rules of the network. You have to obviously set the rules of the network within network consensus, but you, you set your rules, you know, if someone else changes their rules and doesn't follow your rules then maybe they opt out of the network at that point. And so like you're setting your rules, you're making the rule of law, within the, you know, what the group agrees already. So that's a critical component. And then being able to hold your own private keys, right? Like having that freedom to, you know, receive Bitcoin and then be able to sign transactions and send it to anywhere in the world. And then using like your full node to validate that you actually did receive real Bitcoin without having to trust a third party. So super two critical components for, for Bitcoin and, and super relevant to the American revolution and the idea of freedom. So yeah. I think that was awesome. Anyone could become a part of Bitcoin's network and contribute to the security of it and confidently hold their funds in it, um, you know, in self-custody. So it's pretty groundbreaking stuff and something that more people, you know, are doing and more people need to be doing soon. Uh, the more nodes that we have running, the safer the network becomes, uh, the harder it is for shutdown. We have hundreds of thousands of nodes running now. Um, hopefully in a few years we have millions running. And uh, hopefully we also have millions of more people um, going into self-custody and doing it in the most responsible way possible because it's just going to make Bitcoin stronger. Um, you know, don't sell it back to the big guys who are coming in, like BlackRock and uh, Fidelity. Hold Bitcoin in self-custody, run your own node, contribute to the network, um, and, you know, keep things going. Yeah, love it. So let's let's dive into that a little bit. Like, how can someone watching this that's, maybe holds Bitcoin, but they've never taken that step of self-custody. How can you take self-custody of your Bitcoin? Yeah, um, yeah, I imagine a lot of people listening in are probably in self-custody, but for anyone that's not, um, easily go into it, take your Bitcoin off the exchange. It's not a great place to leave it. It's a good place to leave it temporarily or if you have to send it out. But uh, purchasing a hardware wallet, um, there's a bunch out there. You have Blockstream, Cold Card, Foundation, a bunch of good devices. A lot of them are Bitcoin only, even better. Um, you know, there's varying levels of um, technicality for a lot of these wallets, depending on the type of security you're looking for, type of setup you're looking for. But um, the most simple level, you could buy a wallet. Um, looks like a USB stick. Send your Bitcoin from the exchange onto the wallet. 
the exchange will no longer have the keys to um, sign for those transactions. You will own the keys to do that, and only you will own them. Um, once you send it to that device, it's not going to be on the exchange anymore. It's going to be on your hardware wallet in cold storage. And um, from there, of course, your private key uh, is going to turn into a seed phrase. It's going to be a sequence of 12 to 24 words. And those words are everything you ultimately need to store your Bitcoin long-term, meaning the USB wallet that you sent your Bitcoin to, you could crush, throw out, lose, so long as you have your 12 to 24 word sequence. Um, that seed phrase can be plugged into any other hardware wallet at any point in the future uh, and generate your funds. They're, they're still there. You could literally travel across the globe, cross border with these 12 to 24 words in mind, um, wait 25 years, regenerate them on a hardware wallet, and, and you're good to go. So um, the reason you want to basically do that is because it, there's a lot, you can, like a social trusted third parties, uh, security hole. And everybody trusts, you know, these big name companies until something happens, um, like FTX, like Prime Trust. And the question is, who's going to be next? Will anybody be next? And do you want to take that chance? And my answer is no, I want to be in self-custody. I feel that I'm responsible. I'm confident that I can hold on to 12 to 24 words without losing them, forgetting them, um, having the proper setup. And I just don't sleep well at night knowing that uh, a custodian could be involved, a third party could be involved, because once you uh, input that factor, there's a chance that you could lose it all. And there's exchanges out there that if they become bankrupt, they could utilize your crypto funds for, um, you know, for recoveries. Your own funds are being used in that scenario. Um, so if you're going to purchase Bitcoin, purchase it on an exchange that you could remove it from. Uh, there's a lot of good ones out there. Um, Swan, I, I think you could, you know, they encourage self-custody. There's a couple other great uh, exchanges out there. For me, I'm based in New York, so Coinbase is unfortunately my only option. But uh, my Bitcoin doesn't stay on Coinbase often. Uh, it remains in its cold storage hardware wallet, and I sweep in that every month um, after I, you know, I, I DCA into Bitcoin every week, uh, leave it on the exchange for a little bit, a fund I'm comfortable with losing, and move back in. Um, so, yeah, those 12 to 24 words, it, you could have, like I said before, you could have millions of dollars stored on them and regenerate them anytime you need, um, and everything is right there. Uh, the, on the downside, like I said before, if you lose them, they become destroyed um, because you wrote them on paper. Or if you thought you could remember them and as time went on and you aged, you might have forgot a couple of words. Um, you know, obviously you would lose it all. So there's a little bit of risk involved. But for those who do not want to rely on a third party and want to sleep a little bit more soundly at night, uh, taking custody into your own hands is probably the way for you. But at the very least, it's it's always good to have some amount of Bitcoin in self-custody if, you know, if maybe you have some in a hot wallet for everyday transacting or you want to leave some on the exchange you know, for whatever reason, if you have to sell it quickly. Um, but um, th there's definitely a place for single SIG or multi-SIG self-custody uh, Bitcoin out there for everybody. Yeah, 100%. And I, th I think a lot of people like don't recognize necessarily like the fallbacks of not having uh, self-custody, right? Like, yes, like you have extraordinary coins on an exchange, the exchange could get hacked, the exchange could just be fraudulent, like not even have your coins be spending it on other things. Because a lot of these exchanges, I mean, it's like Coinbase is publicly traded, 
but still, I mean, a lot of the other ones are like startups and, you know, Bahamas or Hong Kong. And it's like, are you really going to trust like a lot of wealth with these, you know, random startup companies that just got really big, really fast. It's kind of crazy. And then like confiscation risks, like, you know, if it's in Hong Kong or where, or wherever, even in the United States, like there's a potential risk of confiscation at some point. Yeah, no. And even with Coinbase, you know, they are, um, publicly traded, so it's a little bit maybe safer, but still, um, maybe one day you can't withdraw your funds when you want to withdraw them. Maybe you have to wait for whatever reason, or, you know, up, up north for us in Canada, you know, the Canadian trucker rally, uh, the government was looking to sanction wallets. So I don't know if Coinbase is going to lay down for them so easily. And I, I just don't know if that's a chance that I would want to take. Uh, hopefully nothing like that ever happened, but still there's a lot of what ifs out there. And a lot of these things have come to fruition, uh, I would say since, um, you know, 2021, really seeing a ramp up in that, not to mention, um, I think there's like 50 plus exchange hacks since the inception of Bitcoin too. Um, so there's a lot of um, there's a lot of a lot of uncertainty, I guess, out there. And I'd like to eliminate that uncertainty by just going to self custody because I'm certain that I could have my seed plate hidden in in a very good spot and have a multi sig setup or a sharded setup and you know be able to get my funds whenever I need. Yeah, exactly. You brought up another great point that you know. Maybe the exchange didn't get hacked. Maybe the exchange does have all your coins, but for some reason they're just like not letting you get your coins, right? Like I, I think I saw you know the, the big news recently. Obviously, is is BlackRock potentially eventually going to get a spot Bitcoin ETF approved? Well, BlackRock yeah. also has a commercial real estate fund right now, where if you want to have redemptions of that commercial real estate fund, they're not allowing you to do it because if they did, you know the the fund would fall apart because no one can sell commercial real estate right now. So who's to say that you know they made do something like that with Bitcoin, even, you know, the large, one of the largest, most trusted financial institutions in the world. So at the end of the day, yes, yeah. self-custody solves this problem. And you guys are, are helping people to take self-custody and you're doing it in a right way where you really don't have to worry about, you know, losing your coins. Um, so like, t- tell us about that. Like what's going on with Stampseed? Hey everyone, this week I want to talk about Stampseed. This is very cool metal plate where you can literally stamp your Bitcoin seed phrase with this hammer that they sell you into this metal plate. This is a must have for all Bitcoin holders. If you have taken self custody of your Bitcoin, you want to make sure you've recorded your seed phrase on something that is fireproof, waterproof, and time resistant. This is a great product for Bitcoiners who have taken self custody and want that extra level of security and resiliency to store their Bitcoin. So if you are interested in this product, definitely check out stampseed.com. Use code BLOCKWARE15 for 15% off the entire website. Yeah, um, so Stampseed's kind of an interesting story, so I'll get into it a little bit. Um, I didn't didn't get to tell you my Bitcoin story, so I guess I could kind of bring it up here and and transition into Stampseed. Ultimately, uh, I got into Bitcoin around 2018, I uh, really well, started learning about it a little bit more, understanding what it was in 2017 after that uh, 17K bull run. That's kind of when it became like mainstream. Uh, 2018 is when I finally hit the button on Bitcoin. And this was kind of during that Robin Hood retail frenzy that was going on. Yet yeah, I'd never invested in stocks prior to that. Um, I only had my 401k. And then before you know it, me and everyone I knew were on Robin Hood, you know, retail investing, right? Uh, and that kind of primed me for Bitcoin. Um, and the mindset that I had was everything that that you know you would expect at the time. You know, number go up, 
how can I, you know, be part of that next bull run? It's down low again. You know, I, I, I was, you know, saving for a house, saving for an engagement ring for my now wife. So I was looking at it for all the wrong reasons. Uh, with that, I was also into some altcoins as well. And throughout that time, just trading Bitcoin, um, starting to research a little bit more, but not still not fully understanding it. Like literally thinking like, how is a digital coin out there? How can I own a part of it? You know, the typical tropes that you would hear, I suppose. Um, then you fast forward to 2020, and that's when um, everything kind of changed for me. Uh, read the white paper in full, um, did a lot more research. There was a lot more Bitcoiners out there with podcasts or YouTube series where I was able to learn very quickly. Um, and, you know, just seeing what was happening uh, around me, the government overreach, I guess you could say, um, over the past few years, mainly in 2020, really um, helped all of that research resonate. I was able to re really fully understand why Bitcoin was made. Fell in love with the culture, just like-minded people. You know, I felt like Bitcoin was there waiting for me. I felt, you know, very similar to the way I feel now about um, Federal Reserve, government overreach, not being in control of your full money. I just didn't know how to come out of that system. So once I fully understood Bitcoin and met other Bitcoiners, it was like a giant wake-up call. And like I said before, I've been in it since 2020, just dollar-cost averaging into self-custody throughout that time. Um and then to transition to the stamp sheet story, um, like I said before, I started as a digital marketer and then, you know, I transitioned more into the business development side of things for stamp sheet. And stamp sheet was birthed from that digital marketing through those search terms. Uh, I was able to see that seed phrase storage was being used, seed plate was being used. And right at that time in early 2020, you know, starting to understand self-custody was because I was moving into it. So it, everything just pretty much clicked. I was like, wow, people are using our tools and supplies to metal stamp their seed words. And, uh, you know, decided to develop a kit from there uh, because the tools they were using weren't meant for harder metals that were going to be durable, uh, more resistant to house fires and whatnot. Um, and I, I felt that we can make a better product. Metal stamping, you know, individual letters into hard metals traditionally isn't an easy task to do. That's why um, some people might go for some other easier options out there. So I wanted to develop a kit, which I'll, I'll show you in a little bit, that enables you to do this easily. Eliminates the the idea of um, work in it, but like I look at it as like it's proof of work. Like right, you're you're spending the time to do this right. You're protecting your Bitcoin self custody. It makes sense to do it um, the best way possible. And I could show you some stress tested place that will show that you know these things are super durable. Like we're stamping into heavy duty titanium. The letters are impressed deeply into that metal. Um, it's not engraved. It's not just like a little scratch that's going to come away from a surface scratch. It's going to survive house fires. It's not corrosive. It's never going to rust. Um, if you bend it, loose pieces aren't going to fall out like little scrabble tiles. If it lights on fire, it's not going to separate because there's multiple layers of metal. You know, you have one solid piece where your words are deeply stamped in. I have one right here and you could see this is a titanium plate, commercial grade, and those, nice. letters, are, those letters are in there good. Like, here's one that was stress tested um, <laughs> nice. with a roofing torch, similar to the not a flamethrower that the boring company was selling. <laughs> nice. um, took an acid bath. It was crushed. You know, the letters are there. There's no loose pieces that are falling out. There's no varying materials. So um, really like, as I started understanding Bitcoin a little bit more, you know, self custody, holding my own private keys, what running a node meant, um, Stancy was becoming a company, you know, slowly. Uh, we started developing a kit in house with the tools that we had and, you know, that was our Gen 1 kit, and now we are at a point where we have our full-fledged 2.0 kit. We dropped that uh, in summer of 2022 um, during the Bitcoin Miami conference. And um, 
you know, always working on additional uh, solutions for people along the way. You know, that we have additional solution on the website right now, a waterproof paper storage for some more on the go uh, sort of applications, human environments, backpacking through a rainforest, mm. uh, leaving in a damp basement, things like that. So it's a, it's a good entry level item. Uh, but for me, I like the full fledged kit, uh, Snappy Titanium. And again, like you get all the tools, you get the stamps, the hammer, the plate, the jig, which I'll show you soon. And you're in control of that set. And if you update your hardware wallet, you need a new set of seed words, you could easily um, stamp additional words around the plate that you have, or try to deliberately um, get rid of the current words, purchase another plate, and you have your whole system to set it up. You could share the kit with a friend, you know, family members, you know, it's always good to have something like this for, for updates. Um, wallet technology is changing super fast. You know, this it's hard to buy a wallet because there's always a new one coming out, I feel, <laughs> and I feel like that's only going to ramp up even more. Um, and, you know, updating seed words is, you know, something necessary too. So having the kit enables you to do that. You could just buy another plate and you're good to go. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's incredibly critical, right? Like if you're going to write down your seed phrase, you want to make sure you don't just write it down on paper per se. Like, I mean, that still works, but, um, and especially if you have the stamp seed paper, that's very nice, it's but it's way, better. yeah, you want better. So you can yeah, do it on paper, you know, fades, like, you know, you have a receipt in your wallet, you know, the ink fades away, it degrades over time. It could get wet. It could get humid. It could run. It could, you know, even if it's in a fireproof safe, if you YouTube fireproof safe stress tests, they're not that fireproof. <laughs> it depends on how long it's been in a fire for. So the paper could burn from within the fire. So a lot of people tell me, you know, I write it down, I put in a fireproof safe, but not always the best option. Also a safe is, is a good target for somebody who's coming into your home looking for something. So not always the, the most ideal spot <laughs> to have it. Um, especially when you could hide something like this, you know, a lot easier, but, um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Let's see a quick demo of it. Then I want to see how it works. Plate on the bottom tip. Um, and then again, here is the hammer. So this hammer is a metal stamping hammer designed for stamping into hard metal steeply. Uh, you have a brass tip and it looks like it's a little nicked up. That's by design. Um, it's a softer piece of metal. And that, that prevents bouncing off the top of the stamp. It helps drive the stamp deeper into the plate to give you a deeper result. You want these impressions to be super deep to eliminate the risk of surface scratching because the plate falls on concrete as your house collapses and gets scraped. You want your words to be deeply stamped in there, not just engraved, not just, you know, scratching the surface. Um, you want to be at least three times deeper than engraving. Has a short handle, helps with control. You're not going to hit your fingers. A nice short stubby handle gives you the ability to just kind of flick it down versus do this exaggerated swing, right? And you have a two pound weighted head. Um, our original metal stamping hammer had a one pound head. We beefed it up to a two pounder because we're stamping it to titanium, not softer metals like gold, uh, silver and whatnot, copper and brass. And then um, this was also obviously designed um, as um, a solution for making metal stamping easier for people getting to seed phrase storage because our traditional customers know what metal stamping is. They can do this very easily. These tools were designed again to make it an easy process for you. Uh, prevent all typos or, or issues on the first time around and you know, give you the best experience. And uh, each stamp is also labeled with the letter on the side, um, some additional branding. And the idea is to hold that branding and that letter facing you. And that's going to make sure your M doesn't look like a W. You know, you're stamping correctly. You don't want to have a typo on a plate when you're halfway through. Um, so I'll just demo stamping one word out, uh, one mm -hmm. letter letter. Um, yeah. And again, here's the stamp. You basically line up the lines of the lines. Just hold it like a nail and give it one solid hit without lifting the stamp. You could do two hits if you don't swing hard, but that's really all it takes right there. And 
I don't know if you could see it or not, but I got the A right up here. Oh yeah, nice. You can see it when you turn it there. Nice. Super easy to do. You can get all your words in there. When you're done, you can turn the plate 90 degrees, put it through, and then you have some additional like lines on the side for um, whatever you may need to put there. Wallet configuration, um, encryption method, and note, what have you. Uh, you have 24 cells. You could still do a 12 word on here. You could do two 12 word wallets if you want. You could do um, some sort of odd even scheme where you have some decoy words. And we're working on a 12-word plate, too, so that's going to be available uh, at some point, hopefully this year. Um, but you have your utility holes on it, too. This enables you to screw it underneath the desk using these holes. You can mount it in the wall. You could, If you have two plates, you could put both plates together and tie them together. Um, we're going to have some solutions for that as well when we come out with the 12-word plates, uh, some cover plates, and some uh, ways to fasten this in place, mainly. So, um, yeah, this, this uh, grid to me is the flagship product. Because mm -hmm. this is making it extremely easy. The plate's not bouncing around on you, you know, flipping up when you're stamping it because it's held in place. You're not running out of room in your cell because you have your lines here. It it really, and the hammer's really doing a lot of this work for you. You know, if you've never swung a hammer before, uh, you should be good to go. Um, I've been at conferences speaking to hundreds of people and no one has missed and hit their finger. Um, I would say we have like a 95% success rate with good impressions. And you could purchase... Um, you know, a practice plate or practice on another piece of metal if you want, practice on the back of a plate. A lot of our customers are buying three to five plates. Um, so we could switch them, I guess, right? Yeah, so just, you know, flip the camera back over here from the stamping work uh, section, ran you through the tools. And um, like I was saying before, this jig, it's going to make it super easy to stamp. These lines help you get your seed words nice and neat, like you see on this plate, um, deeply stamped. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you have titanium. This is what they're taking uh, outer space. You know, this is a, a serious metal, um, nearly triple the average house fire, not corrosive. So, um, yeah, and there's, like I said before, there's some other options out there. You know, they're, they're good, uh, there are other good options. Like any metal seed is decent, but um, to me, I like something that's one solid piece. Uh, I want clear, legible letters um, because I've tested some of these other options out there and they don't pass the fire stress tests. Um, and, you know, stamping seed words may seem like it's a little bit more of a challenge to do, but proof of work, right? Like we want to, you know, do this the right way. And that's why we made tools that are going to make it as easy as possible for you to get these impressions um, and properly back up your seed. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great product. It's, it's amazing. I, I've seen the ones where there are like multiple pieces and they're like kind of like a cage type thing. I don't, I don't like those yeah. at all. I feel like that's kind of yeah weird and risky. Those are the rail-based ones, and like I don't want to talk about competition too much, but yeah. don't buy those ones. Those ones are terrible. <laughs> they they seem like they're cool, and they I think like a lot of people feel that they're easier than stamping into the metal because like those letters are stamped into those tiles pretty deep. It's decent, but it takes the same amount of time to hold each of those little tiles and put them in the rail, and then when you go to close it, you know they all kind of get shifted on you as well. Uh, so the, the time difference isn't really there. Like it's going to take the same amount of time. I guess you could argue that you could update your seed words and not have to get a new uh, cassette, which is pretty decent. But when you factor in um, the inability to um, stay under heat or bending, like this plate was bent, right? If you bent those rail-based tiles, there's layers of metals, but, you know, everything falls out. So, you know, not a great way to, uh, to store your seed words for the long term and ensure generational wealth. It'll have you saying, wish you kept it with the custodian, probably. Um, <laughs> you'll be kicking yourself for it. So set yourself up for success. Get a trusted hardware wallet. Um, 
move your Bitcoin onto that wallet um, and store your seed words properly. Sleep well at night. Hundred percent. Yeah, I know. And I, the audience probably knows this from the ad that we've been saying. But Blockware fifteen, you get fifteen percent off if you go to stampyourseed.com. So definitely go get it. It's 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 a very robust solution. And if you're storing, you know, a significant amount of money to you, which could be thousand bucks, it could be ten million bucks. Um, you need to. I'd recommend you know actually storing it the right way. And I think Stamp Seed is obviously a great product. Yeah. No. Definitely. Blockware 15, of course, give you a nice deal on that. And um, like I said before, we're going to have some solutions coming down the pipe that are going to um, just expand the line a little bit more. We just want to make sure we're making tools for Bitcoiners, um, protect their seed words the right manner possible, while also just spreading self-custody awareness. Like a lot of the people I've, I've talked and spoke to at conferences, um, you'd be surprised how many people aren't in self-custody yet. Um, how many people think that like we stamp the C words for them? Like we have a booth that we're doing it for them. We're like, no. So it just shows you there's not enough education on self-custody out there. I do think that it's ramping up though, as these exchanges and uh, custodians have their issues, but still new people coming into the space. Um, you know, of course there's a lot of good educators out there helping, but you know, it's, there still needs to be more awareness based off what I'm seeing. Not enough people are in self-custody. Um, and the more that are just going to strengthen Bitcoin as a whole for us. Um, yeah. And proper seed phrase storage is something that, um, you know, need, needs to be professed and understood up front. These, you buy a hardware wallet, what is it coming with? It's coming with a piece of paper. So they're setting you up for failure. Like, what if you write <laughs> on that paper with a gel ink pen and then your hand hits it and everything's smeared? You could literally lose it right there. Um, and a lot of people probably move it on that paper and forget about it, right? Or think it's safe there, but it's safe until it's not. And, uh, you know, this might not happen to most people's plates. But if there's a chance it can happen to yours and, you know, takes 30 to 40 minutes to stamp 24 words in half the time for 12 and, and the purchase of a kit, um, it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. When you guys are mining on the Blockware marketplace, make sure you're withdrawing your Bitcoin to a hardware wallet that you control and make sure the seed words are backed up with a stamp seed uh, plate. So definitely yeah. get your coins off the exchanges. Yeah, yeah, and um, oh, you brought the marketplace. I, I've you know looked into it a little bit. Um, you know, mining to me is something I don't fully understand yet. I'm more in the self custody world, um, but I, I'm speaking to more miners as I attend these conferences and get involved with more people in the Bitcoin network. And it from you know I did some research into what you guys are providing. It seems that you're able to almost rent out uh, an ASIC or you're owning the ASIC and you it's basically mining for you for for a fee. Yep. Def, it's the latter there. You're you're exactly right, right? So we launched the Blockware Marketplace, which is a marketplace of Bitcoin ASICs where you go on there, they're already online, they're already hashing at a Blockware, Blockware facility or somewhere else, and you can see you know where it's located and who owns and operates that facility if it's not Blockware. But it's an ASIC that's running. And so when you click buy, you send Bitcoin on-chain or Lightning, you then actually own the ASIC. So you own the physical computer, the hardware that's mining Bitcoin. You sign a hosting contract with that saying like, hey, I'm going to be mining until, you know, for the next two years, the next three years, and I'm locking in eight cent per kilowatt hour rate. And so you own the machine, you sign a hosting contract that basically says, I'm going to be paying for this much energy for the next two years. 
and then you mine Bitcoin. And if you know you have a decent machine, which pretty much all of them are in the marketplace right now, you know you're going to be mining Bitcoin profitably. So it's it's a pretty cool, uh, unique thing because I think a lot of the problems in like the hosted ASIC market have been a lack of transparency and just like massive lead times. Like you'll send money to someone. You don't know when your rig's ever going to come on. You don't know where it's going to come on. You don't really know like who's booting it up. These are like, again, rigs that are already online. So you don't have to wait. You just send the Bitcoin and within 10 minutes after six confirmations or you finish the lightning invoice, it's all, it's online. It's within 10 minutes, it's hashing to your wallet. So it's pretty cool there. And you can see if the machine is hashing, like you can see the history of the hash rate before you buy it. So it, it de-risk a lot of what the problems have been in hosted Bitcoin mining and people like it so far. So it's pretty cool product. Yeah. 10 minutes. It's pretty fast. You guys are faster than Amazon uh, facility exactly. facility right around my house. They, they deliver in six hours. You're delivering in uh, less than an hour. So that's nice. Exactly. <laughs> um, now uh, you, you talk about technology before they're up to date. Um, we talk about, you know, how the wallets are evolving so fast, hardware wallets, and it's you know hard to pick one because I feel like there's going to be a new one very soon. Um, with, with these mining rigs, like as technology kind of at a point where maybe it's closer to its apex, where it's, it's almost going to plateau out, is it still on the rise? You know, should I wait? Should I get it now? That's, that's another great question. And I, I've never heard people describe like the analogy with hardware, hardware wallets is pretty interesting, right? Because yeah, hardware, hardware wallets are always coming out. I think like a lot of the stuff that exists today is pretty good and like it'd probably get better, but I'd still, you know, getting hardware, hardware wallet today is probably better than waiting tomorrow for the next one. Yeah, true. Um, but ASICs, it's, there's been this trend over, you know, ever since Bitcoin started of like ASIC commoditization or like hash rate commoditization, where initially people were mining Bitcoin with a computer, right? Like very basic computer and it worked because there just wasn't much competition and network difficulty was very low. And then people started to get more creative, like, hey, like if we use these GPUs instead of CPUs, we can like get a lot more hash rate for for less energy so people started doing that and then people started building asics which are application specific integrated circuits basically just short or long for like a computer that is really good at doing one specific thing so one specific application bitcoin asics obviously mine bitcoin that's all they can do other than that they're completely worthless and so the trend of what we've seen over the past 10 plus years is asics commoditizing meaning like they're becoming more and more the same. Like the the next generation okay. machine that comes out is not gonna be 10X faster or more efficient than the previous generation machine. It's better obviously, but it may not be like magnitudes better. And right. so what that means is the machines that are already out today are lasting much longer, right? So like the S9, which was one of Bitmain's flagship machines came out many, many years ago, some people still run it. Like if you have very, very low energy rates, some people st still run it. And it's been out for, you know, five plus years. The machines that last today or the, that are out today, like S19 J Pro or S19 XP, those machines could potentially last a, a significant amount of time, especially if the price of Bitcoin keeps going up. So there's kind of like, uh, it's, it's growth and machines are becoming more, more efficient. But as long as Bitcoin keeps going up, like these machines could last for a very significant amount of time, in my opinion. And is there like, um, yeah, thanks for explaining that. That makes sense. It's, it's nice to know technology is kind of, you know, not as far as it's going to get, but you're not going to have any massive gaps. It's going to have you feeling like you should have held out. Um, what's like the term? Like, is it uh, like two for a year? Or can you kind of um, 
build your own term? Like, how does that work? Yeah, great question. So it can vary. Uh, for Blockware's two facilities in Kentucky, currently there's three different hosting contract options, one year, two year, and three years. I think all are currently like eight cents per kilowatt hour. There's another site currently on the marketplace, which the hosting contract ends, I believe at the end of 2023, which eventually after that, you'd likely have to resign another contract or move your machine from that site. Um, and then there'll be other sites out there that will be integrated into the blocker marketplace that may have slightly different terms, but generally like most of the machines on the marketplace right now are at a blockware facility in Eastern Kentucky. And the terms are you select one to three years. Another thing that is super interesting about the marketplace is it provides very related to what I was just talking about hosting contract liquidity, right? So the big thing about the marketplace initially was like, okay, you know, if I want to buy a bunch of Bitcoin mining rigs, I'm kind of stuck in this trade, right? Like it's very illiquid product. I can't really sell it very easily. I don't really know what the market price of it is. But now the marketplace, like you can clearly see like, hey, J pros or XPs are selling for this much. So if I bought a you know, bunch of rigs from Blockware or whoever, I can easily sell it, you know, whenever I want and get out of the trade if I want to get more Bitcoin or want to get more dollars or whatever. So it's kind of giving you that optionality, which is pretty good. But then the other thing is it gives you optionality in the hosting contract. So like if you do sign like a three month or three year hosting contract and you're like, you know what, this isn't working out for me. It's not really what I thought it was or you know, for some reason you want to buy something else, you lost faith in Bitcoin, you want to get out of Bitcoin or whatever, um, you can get out of your hosting contract. So you sell your machine that ends your hosting contract and then whoever buys your machine signs another hosting contract. So that's another great thing. You, like you're, you, you lock into a hosting contract, you have that benefit of being locked in for as long as you want, but then, or up to three years currently, but you can get out of it by selling your machine. Right on. Yeah, no, um, yeah, thanks for explaining that. Totally makes sense. Um, I think it's a great solution out there for anyone who's trying to easily get into mining. Um, so I'm going to check you guys out a little more with that. You know, maybe I'll, I wasn't planning on getting into mining anytime soon, but I feel like you guys are tempting me to do it because it seems so simple. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And everyone also has to go get a, a stamp seat as well. Um, little metal plate or steel plate. Yeah. Get, get all or your tools that you need to be a sovereign titanium. individual. Yeah. Titanium. Yep. Yes. All the tools you need to be a sovereign individual. Have your own little uh, seed smith setup. Um, have your mining rig running, run your full node, have your hardware wall configuration, um, tools you need to, uh, take your own financial empowerment into your own hands and ensure that generational wealth. Yep. It's the ultimate wall. setup. Yeah. Get some ASICs, get hashing, get them paying out to your, your, your seed. Yeah. Um, don't buy NFTs, buy stuff that you, uh, <laughs> that you need. <laughs> exactly. Never buy NFTs, please. But James, no, this was, this was awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Again, thanks for having me and um, excited to get on here, talk about Bitcoin, uh, talk about uh, old school America a little bit as we gear up for 4th of July and, you know, have a happy 4th and I hope to see you soon, man. Yeah, I love it. Is that, And I know we talked about Sam Seed, so people know where to go there. Is there anywhere that people can go to like reach out to you or, or do you want to just send them all the Stamp Seed? Yeah, um, you, you could go to either or. It's uh, Stamp underscore uh, on Twitter, Stamp underscore Seed. And then if you want to reach out to me personally, if you have any questions, it's uh, James Seed 21, um, 1S. So J-M-E-S-E-D-2-1 on Twitter as well. Sweet. Well, this yeah. is awesome. Thanks, James.